On today's episode, we're going to talk about using events to get your foot in the door, determining who your customers are and why wrestling matters and why you need to pay attention to properly tell a story. Let's go. the luxury of talking to Zach Biller. He is the founder of Hatch, uh, which empowers entrepreneurs to have the lives they want to. Um, the conversation overall was just a, a great display of humanism um, and honesty, which uh, I particularly admire. Um, Zach grew his business through events, which you'll hear about that exactly, but I want to highlight some of the things in his bio. Um, Zach started his professional life after West Virginia University. He used to be in television. Um, and as smartphones were coming through to fruition, uh, he quickly learned that his love for journalism was crumbling. Um, and so he sought after a new endeavor, which is uh, inevitably Hatch. Um, remembering his roots as a 10-year-old lawn mowing entrepreneur, he jumped back into the startup world in 2010 and worked firsthand, starting and growing dozens of businesses. And um, he later goes on to, to say that uh, in his bio, um, he, because of his hustle and, and his business acumen, he was even able to interview uh, Damon Johns. Um, um, he, lastly, he, he created an online media education platform called 1004, which empowers entrepreneurs and their staffs to learn best practices on demand. Um, Zach uh, the way that Zach was able to answer these questions and just facilitate through um, the conversation of the podcast just shows uh, what a true business professional that Zach is. So, um, you know, here, without further ado, here's the, uh, the the rest of the of our conversation in the episode. This is the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Zach, welcome to the show. How's your day going? It's going awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, man. So before we get into the heavy-hitting questions, we have to start the podcast off. We say it the same way we do every single time, and that is with an icebreaker. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat, and where are you going to eat, and what are you going to order to make the day complete? Can I go two places? You can go, and it's the best day ever, man. You can go wherever the heck you want. So I, I love chicken wings, so... There's a place in my neighborhood called Dirty Buffalo, and I would get something there that they have called the Stinger, which is a steak and cheese with a chicken tender on it within some sort of barbecue sauce as a sandwich, and then i get some of their wings as well. Uh, and then I'd probably go to this shawarma place like a mile down the road from there where I would get like a shawarma pita as nice. well with a lot of hot peppers. Nice. And wh where, are you, uh, where are you from again to give some context? Southeastern Virginia, so Norfolk, Virginia, is the specific city, about 20 minutes from Virginia Beach. And they have good shawarma there? So, ironically, um, this Middle Eastern family created it, and it's ridiculous. It's, <laughs> they used to have a very small, I guess, restaurant that was maybe 15 seats, and then they tripled at the beginning of last year, and there's almost always a line out the door. And it's like 18 bucks a plate. So it's not cheap, but it's always packed. It's, it's really good. 
that's, I mean, there's a lot to be said about um, a, a restaurant or just a business in general that um, people are constantly talking about or constantly going to. Um, so before we get into the value questions of just you dropping a ton of knowledge on us, we have to kind of give a little bit of context. Um, so how does your business help people? Well, I don't even think when I started the business it was necessarily – I, I wasn't getting in to start a, a business. I was getting into this to help myself, um, to, to learn from others. And I started hosting these meetups where I was trying to learn how to grow a business, basically. And other people at these events were like, I'm having trouble with this. I'm having trouble with that. I'm having trouble with marketing. How do I create content? How do I, how do I hire this person? How do I, how do, I do all these business essential things? And enough people kept asking that I just was like, all right, I'm going to create a business around that because I have this community of people that are asking for it and I would be dumb not to start that business. So uh, we basically answer people's questions on demand to help them start and grow their business. Very cool. So um, the, the Blind Entrepreneur podcast is uh, geared to help people who were temporarily blind in business and they may be stuck in a particular headspace. So um, tell me about a time in business and then maybe in life that you felt lost or you felt blind and how did you overcome those obstacles? Well, I don't know that if I was blind or lost, but I've been in a situation where early, maybe four or five years ago, I basically maxed out the business credit credit line my personal credit cards so i had like 50 grand in in credit debt credit card debt and when you sell a product for 300 bucks you know it's what you make per 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 business per year you have to sell a lot of those and at the time we didn't have that and we were just doing events and so here i am fifty thousand dollars in debt i was trying to put on this event basically is what happened and i lost 50 grand putting it on I lost about 40 grand and then because of interest charges, it kept growing to about 50. And when you're in that position, you can't get more. Right. And so it's really, it's really tough. And so, um, you, you talk to a lot of people and say, how are, what are some ways that you can get through kind of these scenarios? But ultimately when you're in a financial issue, you have to get creative and figure out a way to get out of that. And because it was so large, I had to basically find someone that was big enough that I could get them to write a check that could help get rid of that payment. So, you know, if you're a thousand dollars in debt, that's very different than being in debt, a $50,000 in debt. If you're selling something that isn't a, a cheap thing basically. And so, um, I got creative and we sold a sponsorship package basically to a big business, um, to basically have naming rights to one of our events um, or a series of events. And it was for, you know, a decent amount of money that got me out of that kind of hole. Um, but I I mean, honestly, I think this happens a lot in, in the business that we're in. A lot of people don't check their numbers enough. Um, and you don't, you think one thing's going one way, but if, if you're not checking those numbers, you know, you never know what's really going on. And at the end of the day, like those numbers do matter, but the story behind it matters too. Like if you, if you're not working, if you're not on the phone selling, if you're not asking people to be on a podcast, like there's a reason why those things aren't growing. 
And a lot of it has to do with manual labor that people don't want to do. And so you just, you just got to get down to it and work. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, so a large majority of our conversation today is going to be about acquisition and getting yourself out there. And we talked uh, off air and, and it's uh, actually a visual element in the background, which is the, the art of storytelling. So um, if, if you can, um, how were you or what techniques are you using in order to obtain your first 100 customers or have obtained your first 100 customers? So we would host these events and a lot of them were for free. And so they'd be educational meetups for a lot of different things. So this is 2010 timeframe. So meetups, meetup.com, Eventbrite, they're all still very young. They're still all very immature sites, if you will. But we would host these small get togethers with entrepreneurs, developers, designers, the creative types. And we would start to include them in um, to be at this educational event. And at those events, um, we would get a list of people. Of those people, we would then ask them what else they would want. Um, I work out of my house. So we live right next to a hospital. So someone hopefully is not uh, dying because that would be terrible. Yeah. So, um, so the the good thing about living next to a hospital, though, is that you're on the hospital grid, so the power never goes out. So, <laughs> so we would host these meetups, and we would get a list of these people. And so the first meetup we did was 15 and then 30, and then it would grow and then grow. And next thing you know, the list is at 2,500 people. And so all these people were like, hey, I want to do this thing. So we basically... Once we recognized that those people were looking for a different event, a different product that we could sell, some of our services that we could sell, we just reached out to that list of people and basically said, hey, do you, do you want this? Here's a link to buy it. And then they buy it. And so um, when we first started this new product called 1004, we had all these people that were looking to get kind of educational educational resources on demand. And we had a list and within the first few days, we sold like 10 copies of this thing. And so we just kept growing that the exact same way uh, through the meetups and then through that list. And then over and over again, you start getting to 100, you know, several hundred thousands. Um, but meetups, so something free to provide value, figure out what they want, make sure they're the right customer. And then if they're the right fit, sell it to them. Mm. And then don't give up, right? If they, if they say no, there's a reason why they're saying no. And it might not be no, it might just be no today because they don't have enough money. But in two weeks, you know, they might get paid and they could pay for it. Yeah. So would you recommend the aspect of meetups and events and things like that as like a legitimate prospecting tool for new businesses that are entering or even existing ones that may not just be uh, hitting their mark in, uh, in sales? Do I think an event could be a good way for them to start that or yeah, like, do you think the way that you gained your first 100 customers, would you recommend that to other people that are trying to grow their business that are executing marketing strategies, et cetera? Yeah. hundred percent. Here's why. Because if you're the host, people are coming to you. Otherwise you're just an attendee. So even if you're a nobody and I was nobody, right? At 20, 2010, I had no customers. I just got out of a uh, TV and um, a career in TV and I had no relationships with any business, but I started these events and people came to these events 
and they look at you basically the authority. And I think that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to limit that time that it takes to get from, you know, a network of zero to a network of thousands. And if you bring people to you quickly, you are able to grow that network. And, and I a hundred percent, thousand percent would have other people do it too. I think it's, it's an easy way to meet a lot of people. If you had to do it over again, is there anything that you would necessarily, that you might tweak um, to to kind of just like fine tune and maybe excel the process, uh, you know, maybe a couple months or maybe a year? I think as we've grown as a business, we've recognized that who our initial customers were are not those customers anymore. So it used to be very tech heavy people. Now I would say it's not as tech heavy a people. Um Sometimes our customers are, you know, businesses that are brick and mortar or maybe an older clientele um, or something like that, where um, to get us in that door, that tech thing was really popular. But as we've learned, we're able to work with a lot more people. And so I, I think it's really understanding who your customer is and that it can change over and over and over again. How did you, so how did you determine that? Was that through, um, surveys was that through just like having conversations i think so we would still we would host this coffee meetup and the people that kept coming were people that weren't the people that we originally had coming to these events mm. and we were like hey, what kind of business do you own oh i own a security business i own a restaurant down the street i own you know a dry cleaning services i'm a white collar service provider and they just kept coming into the door so you basically are sitting there going all right, well, there's people asking you basically for business or telling you they, they want to give you business. Listen to them. and um, but, the, but then you have to change your marketing over these things, right? And so the copy on – we have this event called Coffee Downtown. I think it says like meet with other creatives. Well, it can't be meet with other creatives anymore. It would need to be like meet other business professionals or business owners because those two – don't work together mm-hmm. um, in that kind of sense. So you have, you do events, right? Say you, you, you're a marketer that is running an event on a weekly basis and yep. you grow this um, massive list of just people who trust you. Um, how, what are some techniques that you've used in order to actually sell to them? So I think a lot of people talk about email. I think that's a, a great way at times. Um, I think, Email can get lost though, and now that Google has that promotional field, you know it doesn't always go into people's emails immediately. So that's always a challenge. One thing that I think a lot of people will be afraid to do, but I think it's very powerful, is to not just get their email, but to also get a phone number from them and contact them directly. Hmm. Like if you want someone to to attend your event, you know, pick up the phone and call them, or some sort of direct message to them that's not email. Um, it could be, you know, a Facebook message, a, a, a text. Um, I've kind of an aha moment dawned on me a few weeks ago where, uh, in college I used to host these parties at my house and we'd buy a keg and we'd invite, I'd want people to come over, but to get those people there, I had to find out like who I wanted to be there. Are they the right customer? And then I had to invite them. And if all I did was put something out on Facebook, that's like, Hey, there's this Facebook, or there's an event. That's not enough. You might get a couple of people, but the nitty gritty work, the where you get the majority of your customers is from manually reaching out. And I think people have gone away from that. And I think that's the wrong strategy. I think you have to manually reach out to people. Hmm. So 
when you manually reach out, uh, we've we've heard like calling. I mean, that could take a lot of time, and um, emailing that could also take a lot of time. Is there anything that's worked really well for you? Um, is it like a script? Is it like just you being having your background in TV and having good personality? Um, you, what is it with, that you would recommend uh, and give advice to other people? So, if you don't feel comfortable picking up the phone, don't pick up the phone. Right? Don't don't do something that's uncomfortable. Um, Facebook one-on-one messaging is really really good. So someone, I think that's how you and I met. Um, Hey, how are you? I saw something that you just posted. That's interesting. And then you have a conversation with them. And then that conversation at some point will lead into something about your business. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, like it's making that first time. It doesn't matter what you do, right? Time is going to suck. You're going to spend a lot of time calling people, emailing people, texting people, Facebook messaging people, whatever. Um, but I think it's all about finding those low hanging fruit because they're always there. And I think oftentimes people are going after the non low hanging fruit. Does it make sense where mm-hmm. like pe- people will go after people that they think is the right customer because they fit this kind of buyer persona or target customer piece, but then they actually haven't done any kind of, they haven't built a relationship with them. They don't know what their real pain points are. They don't know that they're the right fit. But there's people out there online that are literally screaming, saying, I need help. And if you can find those people by just doing a little bit more due diligence, you'll be able to create that relationship and hopefully sell to them what you're selling quicker. Yeah. I mean, that makes, I I always try to give a little bit of respect and a little bit of attention to people who do that custom reach out. Um, I think the way that you and I met was through a custom reach out and you made like a comment, I'm sure about like wrestling and how we had like a mutual respect for, for the, for the industry. Um, so, you know, being a victim of your custom reach out, um, I, I I think it, 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 it does go a long way. So I can say for certain that it does work. It's not always going to work either. That's very true. But you're going to get a – you have a – what's the Wayne Gretzky quote? Like you miss every shot that you don't take or whatever. Like you, you have to – you have to try. And before this call, I sent out five cold emails. I basically found these people that were written about and I said, hey, I just want to introduce myself. I'm also a small business owner. And then I, asked, I wrote a quote about something in the article and uh, we'll see if they respond. If they don't, it's okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you can get a couple of them to say hello for spending a minute on an, you know, on an email, what, what if I get all five of this? Yeah, very true. It's 1500 bucks. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, that is awesome. Um, and, and that leads me to the my next point, which is um, wrestling. So I, I know we kind of joke about it, but um, you had a very interesting quote about the art of storytelling. Um, so like, just curious to give your two cents as we progress this conversation into a more, um, personal route instead of a more business friendly route. Um, yeah. what is, what is it about wrestling that you just like and how does it correlate to business it, or does it, it doesn't have to. Well, I remember blockbuster is probably the first place where I ever found wrestling. So that place where you had to go get VHS tapes mm-hmm. and and watch wrestling, and I would and I would watch The Ultimate Warrior, and I do this up until I don't know probably my high school days, and then I quit for ten years, and then um, as I was growing business, um, WWE came out with their network, which is kind of like Hulu or Netflix, but with all WWE content, 
And so I, they gave me a free month. So I signed up and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I really respect Vince McMahon because I think that what he's been able to do is really take a small business and turn it into a, a universal juggernaut. And then um, they're really good at creating characters, good or bad. And they make a crap ton of money. <laughs> they're really good at marketing. And I, and I think they've helped a lot of people. And from a social media standpoint, I think there's more followers on WWE than anywhere, any other sport in, in the world. Um, look, it's fake. Who cares? But, you know, it's good storytelling. People get hurt. Um, it's fun to watch. There's too much content right now, I think. But um, it's, it's, it's just – it's kind of like if people need to have, like, their own time. And maybe wrestling is that to me, and that's oh, I can relate silly. to that 100%. I mean, that's that's my time. I think this morning before I got into work, I was like, you know what, I need to I need to get the top ten to figure out what uh what happened last night because I missed uh I missed Raw. Um, so I I have I want to ask this. We question. didn't miss much. Yeah, <laughs> from what I read, yeah. Um, so I want to ask this question in two parts. Okay. Um, if there's anyone that you would like to meet to further your business career, who would you like to meet and why? So that's the first part. The second part mm-hmm. is, is there anybody that you would love to meet in the wrestling world just to kind of like talk to them, pick their brain and, and talk about business or storytelling? And maybe they're the same person, I don't know. Yes, yeah, the same person, Vince McMahon. Okay. Um, I, I, I just, I think it would be really interesting to meet with someone who has taken over his father's business um, and took really big risk Sometimes one, sometimes not. Um, and I just, I, I think it's crazy that he's taking this small little, so what people don't know about wrestling is that back in the day, 60s and 70s, maybe even in the 80s, they were very regional. So they had these regional wrestling divisions where they're all owned by um, someone, but in very specific areas. So Georgia, New York, West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, whatever. And WWE is one of those. And so Vince decided that he wanted to take over all of them. And so he started buying territories, but then he took this really big risk and he started WrestleMania. It was like the biggest gamble of his life. Um, And then he wanted to do live TV every week. That was a huge risk that worked. Then he started the XFL that didn't work. There's rumors that he's trying to start another football league again. Um, So that will be interesting, but he's a risk taker, but he's very smart. Um, And I mean, apparently he he's, I think he's, late seventies at this point, he still works out like crazy, still super fit. Like it's just an inspiring guy. And for him to be able to do that and to turn a couple of bucks into a lot of bucks, it's, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. He's a, he's a beast in the gym. Um, yeah. like absolute beast. Um, so moving to the more personal side of, of business and life, um, habits, Habits are something that are really important to an entrepreneur, a business professional, et cetera. Do you have any consistent habits that help you become more efficient throughout your day? Uh, coffee is probably the first thing that I do when um, I do it. Um, I would say I put things on my calendar that I know that I need to do. Um, I just started using this new app called productive. Um, and it's basically a daily to-do list where it says, here's this one thing that you need to do. And then you're either going to do it or you don't. Um, so that's pretty good. Um, I, I'm not a routine kind of guy. 
Um, I used to have an office for five and a half years. So I'd get up, shower, go to the office, you know, work all day, come home. Now I get up, work, then decide when I want to shower. Um, I, I just think routines are good for some people. Someone like me, it's, it's, it's not very good for, um, but I know that I need to do certain things every day, you know, get up, check my email, do the business, make some sales calls, check in on people, um, make sure the team's working, um, things like that. But, um, I, I, I use my calendar as kind of a to-do list. And so if I need to make sure that I call someone, I just put that on my calendar and it reminds me also, I turn off all notifications. Um, so I don't get, um, the only thing I'll get is a phone call. And so otherwise, um, no notifications go through on my phone. A text will come through, but it won't vibrate or make noise. It'll just pop up on my screen. Um, and that's very helpful for someone who is ADD as me <laughs> so that I can try and stay in the moment when I need to. So the last major question is the blind entrepreneur is an individual that may be temporarily blind in business and cannot see the obvious as stated before. Um, to those individuals that may be stuck in a particular headspace, they're trying to grow their business, get more sales, etc. What are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? So I'll preface it by this saying too, like everyone has these issues, right? Even big companies, right? So a lot of people talk about pricing. Well, how do I price this? What do I need to price this? Amazon's changing their pricing every day, right? So if the juggernaut can't figure out pricing, like it's okay for your little small business to have that issue too, right? Just try and make a couple bucks and that's it, right? So um, everyone goes to this issue. So the first thing I would say is start, right? Just try and start doing something. Um, if you if you've recognized that something is an issue, just try and start to get out of it. Um, when I was in that big debt, I just had to start trying to get through it. And every single day, I would try and get a little bit closer. Um, so first thing is start. Number two is get out of your house, get out of your office, get out of, you. you ha if you need to grow something, you have to probably get out. And, and maybe you're an introvert, or maybe you don't wanna get out, well, do things that you can grow your relationship. Do, do things that can grow your network. Um, meet with people online, post on forums, connect with people on LinkedIn. Uh, and then the third thing would be to document everything that you do. And so likely you have really good conversations with people throughout your days, but you never um, retell those stories when you very much can. And so one thing that I love about Facebook's uh, feature uh, on this day is that you get reminded of things that you said years before. And so I remember this time, well, I didn't remember it, but uh, about four or five years ago, I had met with someone and then they gave me all these notes of all the things that I said to them that was good. And then I did like a video recapping that. And that piece of content is just really, really important for you not only to document, but then to tell other people so that they can find you. And so I think oftentimes we, again, have really good conversations with people, provide really good advice and opportunities to people, but no, no one sees it. And so we have a lot of one-on-one -on -one meetings and what can you do to be you know, one to infinity and that's document and then market that um, piece of content out to other people so that other people can, can learn from you. And if you don't do that, 
you, you likely will never be found. And I think make sure you're doing things that are on searchable, repeatable places. And so the problem with social media, a lot of these things is yes, they're searchable to an extent, but they're not, people aren't searching uh, in the same way that they are on a website. And so make sure that whatever you're doing, also put that on a website too, a blog, whatever, um, so that people can search and find that content about you, you know, 10 years from now when that content is still relevant later. Yeah. Spot on. I love that advice. Um, and, and I really, really appreciate your time. So Zach, you, yeah, you successfully completed the podcast. So congratulations to you. Yes. Without further ado, the, the, next, the next 30 seconds is all yours. Give your best WWE-style promo. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. Um, but tell us the, the next 30 seconds is all yours to tell us about yourself, uh, how we could follow your journey and potentially become a customer of yours. So can, you can I do the WWE one? You can swing <laughs> it whatever way you want, man. You'd be the first if you do it um, WWE-style. <laughs> okay, let's, let's think about this. I have a ch- um Channel your inner warrior. Yeah, my inner, I got to run out. <laughs> so if you're looking to be a champion in your life and in your business, my business, start with hatch.com, can help you guys do that by overcoming the challenges that you've had in your business or learning different ways to get through some of the struggles that you might be going through. Uh, you can go to startwithhatch.com. Um, you can follow me on all socials, Zach Miller, Z-A-C-K Miller. Usually there's an eight and a four behind it. Um and yeah, that's a terrible WWE promo. My buddy and I used to uh, do Snapchats back and forth with like 10-second um, WWE stuff. Uh, and then I decided I was too old for that, so I deleted Snapchat. But um, no, I, I think, again, it's everyone's going through some sort of issue. Don't, don't act like you're the only one and ask for help. And so if you guys have questions for me and how we can help, um, send me an email, Z-A-C-K at startwithhatch.com. And all of the your information is going to be in the show notes, so uh, you'll be able to contact you and maybe send our own version of a, a WWE style promo to you. And there, that see, that's documenting the process again. Amen. There you go. Amen, man. So uh, again, thank you so much for your time, Zach. Thank you guys that are still watching and listening for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button and head over to theblindentrepreneur.com for more interviews. Being blind in business is temporary, and I hope after listening to the wisdom of Zach today, you are now able to see more clearly. Go out there and execute your vision. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.